Coming up on BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, the Cougars pulled out the brooms by the bay, sweeping St. Mary's and San Francisco to pump up their postseason portfolio. Now it's finally back home for Portland and Pepperdine. Get fired up because the show starts now. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. And now your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. We welcome you back inside Studio C in the BYU Broadcasting Building here in Provo for another edition of BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, hashtag Pope Show on Twitter. Excited to have you with us for the next hour as we take you inside the Cougar Hoops program. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll recap a winning week and a road sweep for the Cougars. We'll go inside the film room with Big Rich, Richard Harward. We'll preview the WCC weekend ahead with home games against Portland and Pepperdine. Tonight's Cougar Q&A subject is guard Jesse Wade, while our Deep Blue features freshman Caleb Lohner. And our live guest is assistant coach Cody Feger. Great to be home for a couple of games, but let's get this show on the road by saying hello to BYU head coach Mark Pope. Hello, BYU head coach Mark Pope. Hey, hey. So we've gotten used to this part of the show being a little, a little something, something. We never know what it's going to be, yeah. but you usually have an idea right but around yeah. now. So listen, I'm so happy, okay? Because <laughs> last time, if you remember, we started the show and we were coming off a loss, a bad loss at Gonzaga. And so we talked about how much we hated doing the show after a loss, but we are coming onto this show after back-to-back -back road wins. Two big wins. First time in seven years at St. Mary's and a huge win at San Francisco. And you know, one of the people I look up to most in all of television is the great Oprah Winfrey. So we're going straight Oprah Winfrey today. Every single member of the guest audience Get the free car! I can't believe this is happening. A new car happening. for you! I can't believe this is and happening. And for you! A oh, new car for oh. you! Our good friends that uh, can't... Yeah, oh. yeah, we're... Yeah. There's nobody here. No fans in the, in, in the audience this year. But when they come back, I'll tell you, now they'll be lining up. Now they'll be lining up when the fans come back. If we could pull that off... Yeah. <laughs> next year, when we have a live studio audience again... <laughs> everyone gets a car! Wow. I'm glad it's you. We uh, would definitely win an Emmy. Jerem, could we win an Emmy if we pulled that off? Yes. By the way, that wasn't an Oprah moment just now. It wasn't? That was a Popra moment. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, yes, it was two big wins on the road. Let's take a look at the highlights and stats presented by Intermountain Healthcare on that Bay Area suite. We started off in St. Mary's Cougs in Moraga. And, uh, and th th this game had... Uh, had a lot of personality to it. A lot of flow, both ways. Just a, you know, every time you go down there, there's so much physicality. And, um, you know, St. Mary's, we've talked about this a lot, you and I have, about how there's such a, a, a tough matchup for us because our styles of player go so head to head. They're exactly diametrically opposite. And, you know, you had so many matchups. You have Matt Harms against Toss, right? Two behemoths in the middle. And then, and then Rich Harward kind of coming to clean everything up. And, um, you know, St. Mary's is, uh, is such a proud place with such an unbelievable coach. And it was just awesome. It was a magical night. And it was beautiful how it happened because it wasn't easy. There was never a moment that it was easy. You were down four at halftime. Yep. You're down four rallying here. This would ultimately get uh, to, to an eight-point deficit 
uh, in the second half before you'd rally for a final time. But you hung around. They never got up 10, 12, 14 points on you. And that's what they do. They just beat you down. Like, that's what they do, especially at home. They're so physical. You know, even their guards are so incredibly physical. And our guys kind of withstood all the frustration. It's something we talk about all the time is, is great teams are able to take all the frustration of the game and, and immediately turn it to fight. And our guys just kept doing it. And we had huge plays like that from Gideon George and Trevin Nell down the lane. Both of them made big plays in the last seven or eight minutes that really carried us. And, and this is a massive play. Gideon, by the way, was as big on the defensive end as he was the offensive. Yeah, he changed the whole tenor of the game for us. You know, and that was actually what changed was, you know, we were able to flatline St. Mary's for for a long run. And 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 the biggest change that we made with our ball screen defensive coverage was just just uh, having Gideon guard their point guard QZ, and and he, his length really gave him a problem. And it, it was one of many things that our guys did that were really effective down the stretch. Ends up being a 10-point win. We saw a couple of makes from Averett. Why we call him Big Shot Brandon now. He seems to have a sense of the moment when games need him. Yeah, he, he had two huge buckets down the stretch. The one that got blocked and then right. recovered, and then one kind of to really close out the game, a little baseline runner. Um, you know, we've taken great teams down to this gym. Like, we've taken top 20 teams down to this gym at St. Mary's and not been able to come away with a win. And so for this group to do it, uh, it's just a great moment for us and something we're really proud of. And um, it continues to grow that rivalry. You know, last year we talked about this. We played two overtime games and a one-point game with St. Mary's last year in, in, in about as tightly uh, matched a three-game series you can have. And, and uh, for us to get game number four down there is pretty awesome. Yeah, literally last year it was a one-point game, a two-point game, and a three-point game in the ways you just talked about. Uh, and and St. Mary, I mean, it's not like they, they still played you well. I mean, they held you to six assists. Yep. You had one three, they'll take away the three. Yep. So they make it hard for you. Yeah, you, you think about a BYU team that has six assists and is one for ten from the three-point line on the road at, at Moraga where, you know, one and eight uh, coming into the game. And, you, you know, you don't think those stats bode well, but uh, they don't, you know, at least this past weekend, at least this past weekend, they haven't figured out how to put like a toughness stat category in the box score, but we won that and we won it clearly. It was awesome. So after the win in Moraga, it was across the Bay Bridge that night. You guys went to San Francisco. Cougs and Dons on the hilltop on Saturday. Let's get right now to War Memorial Gymnasium, BYU and USF. And uh, look, the first thing we see is another Gideon George play. Yeah, Gideon had back-to-back -back transition plays. First was an incredible block, which I don't know will be on the highlights. And then there it is. There, yep. And then right after it was that great charge that he took. Um, he, was a, he was a huge factor in this game, especially – uh, in his minutes in the second half. It was an interesting game, so we start out well. We're up 7-2, to two, and both these games at St. Mary's and at San Francisco, we didn't get to a media timeout till like 12 minutes left in the half. And so in this game, uh, I made a coaching error. I was so determined to prove that my guys were tougher and in better shape <laughs> that we just let them get going. I should have called a timeout at like the 15-minute the mark, and we didn't, and we, we paid for it. With a, with a terrific early run by San Francisco, got us down uh, before that first media timeout finally came. Second half, similar to the St. Mary's game, BYU ended up going down eight. Uh, Spencer Johnson's 1-3 of the game was pretty big at the moment. Um, and, and this is, a, again, it, you mentioned toughness in the St. Mary's game. A similar tenacity was on display as you guys rallied to go in front here in the second half at, at USF. Yeah, if you just watch our offensive clips from about eight minutes down to two, 
Um, it's just a clinic and kind of attacking teams through the post. Big make to go up five. Yep, and 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 really big, big time offensive rebound by Rich. He had actually made an unbelievable pass in transition to get Alex that three, and then comes up with the rebound put back. And again, just like, just just such a just such a man down there. Uh, he was a force to be reckoned with in the lane all game long, and had his imprint all over the game, finishing with a double double. When the game was already won, a couple shots made late, but uh, the hay was in the barn by that point. Uh, BYU ends up winning it by nine after a 10-point win at St. Mary's. And so uh, the Hilltop is a place where USF had gotten BYU in back-to-back -back games, and, and you know a, a very good team went there last year and, and didn't get the win. Yeah, and the San, Fr San Francisco team is really good. They're really well coached. Todd Golden is one of the top young coaches in the entire country. They already had a huge win on a neutral court against Virginia this year. Um, they, they spread the floor and play five guys out on the perimeter, which is really, really difficult to guard. And, and they kind of, they're very efficient. You know, they have some length in the backcourt. I mean, you think about it, at times their one, two, and three can be six, five, six, seven, six, nine, right, at the one, two, and three spot. And so uh, they have some length that they can throw at you, and they're a good team. They're going to continue to have a terrific season. And their post is launching deep threes. Yeah, they're fours and fives, you know. Uh, their five is shooting, you know, in the in the low 30s, but still shooting. And fortunately for us, he was 0 for 6 right. on the night, and that was a big factor in the game. It never made us actually change our ball screen coverage, which we anticipated we might have to do at some point. Um, and our guys, like I said, until the last two minutes, did a, did a pretty, you know, pretty good job guarding the three. In both games, uh, BYU made great closing runs to seal the deal. Let's go inside the numbers now, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. At, well, let's do this first. No, I think we can do this first. Let's go inside the numbers and see how BYU got these ones done. Uh, both games saw BYU go on 22-4 to runs down the stretch. At St. Mary's, the 22-4 to run closed the game. And uh, at San Francisco, it's actually part of a larger 24-4 run. But down one, yes, indeed, you go on 22-4 spurt, and some points get exchanged in the final minute. But that's where the game was won. So in both instances, it's that stretch in those final 8-10 minutes where you guys just pulled away. You know, we've been really excited about having this team with depth. Last year, on the great team we had last year, we had three of the top skill players in the history of BYU athletics statistically. And then we had some great guys around them that just brought their heart and soul and, and a high skill level to, to the game. But we did not have depth last year. And this year, it feels like we can, we can keep coming at teams wave after wave after wave. And I think it takes a toll if we do it right. And mm -hmm. so, well, you know, I'm still learning how to do it right. Our team's still learning how to do it right. But that should be, you know, not every team in the country actually has 10 or 11 guys that can function on a high level on the court. It comes with all kinds of inherent challenges, but if you can figure out how to do it right and keep growing towards doing it right, it makes you a force to be reckoned with, and we got to see that in both of these games. So too deep is a football term, but you have basically two five-man units right now. And it's not always a straight five for five, but you've got two groups that each bring uh, unique skill sets, and, and again, everyone's contributing right now. And, and also bordering on the on the complicated part of that is those two five-man units are incredibly different, right? And so it's not like you're bringing in a backup three that plays like the starting three. They're, they're very different pieces, which in the long run, if we could do this right, is going to be an incredible strength. We saw that in St. Mary's. We could, we could take a Gideon George and actually make him our defensive point guard, right? Um, and so you have all these pieces at your disposal. As we learn to play with each other and trust each other more and kind of stay focused on doing this together as a team, it's really, really exciting about what we could become, even though there's some frustration along the way. 
two wins, uh, put you up in the league standings. Let's take a look at what the WCC stacks up for BYU after that weekend sweep. BYU in technically third place right now as the Pacific's played very few games but hasn't lost a game yet. The Zags up top. And uh, I think it's been 15 years, Coach, since St. Mary's opened a league campaign 0-3. And those are three home losses uh, for the Gales. Conversely, you played three tough games, all of them on the road. Yeah, and listen, I mean, both us and St. Mary's, we, could we have had our schedule? I mean, they have... Santa Clara, who's a terrific team, and then us and then Gonzaga. Mm -hmm. And we have Gonzaga on the road and San Francisco on the road and, and, and St. Mary's on the road. So we both start out with really challenging schedules. I, I, I will point out that last year we were in last place on the standings and we didn't take the time to point that out. <laughs> it's significantly more fun to point <laughs> out the fact that we're in the top three right now. And it's also nice to know that after uh, three home games in literally seven and a half weeks, you get to play three home games like a week and a half. Yeah, we're really excited. We're really excited about being back in the gym and excited to, like, remember what it's like to be in the Marriott Center. And let's take a look at the resume right now for BYU. NCAA tournament resume. And, yeah, uh, most every bra – in fact, every bracket that came out since the weekend has BYU in the dance. And then today we got to find out the dates. And so it became more real today, right? They gave us a date for the first four. They gave us the first weekend, second weekend. They plotted it all out. And so when we see resume and we hear about dates – we get thinking about what really matters when you get to March, and, and coach, you're in a good spot. Yeah, we're, you know, the, the, like I said, it, we, we've talked about it all along. What, what these guys have done so far is actually, uh, it's kind of left me really um, a little bit astounded and a lot excited uh, about what we have a chance to become. We clearly have the bulk of the challenge of the season ahead of us, but what we've done so far has been terrific. Resident bracketologist at ESPN, Joe Lenardi, says he's very high on BYU. Has him seated 11 today. But that's uh, quite the bump up from just a couple of weeks ago. And so I think the Cougars are uh, in, in a very good spot. And uh, after not having the reward of last year, you know, that, that's the ultimate hope, right, is that yeah. this team plays well enough down the stretch to, you know, to get, um, you know, what, what last year's team wasn't able to enjoy. It means yeah. a lot. Yeah, we, we, it was, I mean, clearly, it's, it's almost so ridiculous to be talking about NCAA tournament seeding right now, although it's fun. And, and I clearly pay attention. <laughs> um, we have such a long road to go. But... Uh, the early returns are good, and, and hopefully we'll continue growing. All right, a big part of a BYU's success this season is uh, the bench brigade, and uh, Richard Harward plays a huge role among the reserves, and tonight he joins Jerem Jordan to take us inside the film room. All right, Rich, let's focus on the San Francisco game. You just really took over in this one. Let's talk about a couple of plays. First, when you drew a charge uh, on Jamari Bouye, two-point game, seven minutes to go. This is a big play. Oh, uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I, I've talked with a lot of people about this. Like, I don't go for a lot of blocks just because, I frankly, I think it's kind of stupid to go for a block. So uh, right here, Coach has told us in the like during the scout that this guy loves to drive. So I just try to get in front of him, and then like you just set your feet and fall. And refs feel so smart when they call a charge. So <laughs> kind of go. Uh, for real, like, you, you got to kind of play into their psyche and just like, hey, they want to call this, so you just hop into it. <laughs> That's funny, and I completely agree. That's hilarious. Okay, next up, great vision from you after kind of getting stuck in the lane. Alex Barcella with a massive three. This one was another one. So the rest were kind of letting us, like, get away with a little bit more physicality inside the post. So with this play, uh, the coach has been telling us, especially after the St. Mary's game, just kind of look for the open man outside. Alex did an amazing job finding the space, like finding the gap between the two defenders. So it was just an easy kick out for a wide open three. And then you really got going with an offensive rebound and dunk sequence for like two minutes 
where you had a couple of these. <laughs> Let's walk through both of those. The first one, you were very fired up, and the bench got into it too. Yeah, so this one was just one of those like lucky plays. The ball just bounced kind of right to me, and it was just like at the point of the game where we were kind of finally pulling away. So I felt I just like there's nothing better than when you get a rebound and you kind of jump, and then you realize no one's around you. So it's just like, hey, I can just throw this in. <laughs> And then you uh, were really fired up when you came to the bench. You're known as the energy guy. We talked about that last season when you redshirted. You were a guy that helped with the energy on the bench. But it, it felt like the, the bench was helping you with energy as well. It was mutual. Oh, yeah, for real. Like, that's what I love about this team. Just, like, we have the best locker room in America. So it's like if one guy's going off, everyone's hyping it up. You never feel like some guy's kind of jealous of you because you got that play or you're in the game. They're just genuinely hyped for you and just saying like, hey, we're going, like we're winning this game. So that was another one, like looking over and seeing the bench all hyped, it just keeps you going, gets them going. It's just a great kind of circular thing. Find you a friend that you can just randomly yell with, right? <laughs> so true. Okay, and then with 335 to go, uh, up nine, oh, board and throw down in one motion off the rim. Uh, yeah, so this one, <laughs> Probably fell on my part. Uh, this kid's a little skinny, skinny guy. Um, nothing against him, it's just I'm a lot thicker. So I tried to do a split move, I like, caught him and he fell to the ground and I was just wide open for that putback. <laughs> well, some games are like Utah and San Francisco, right? It's your time, other games are other guys' time. Congratulations on the uh, success and best of luck this week with Portland and Pepperdine. Okay, appreciate it. I was driving away from the gym on a Saturday night with Mark Durant, and I turned to Mark in the car. I said, where would BYU be without Richard Harwood right now? Man, well, and you see his impact on the court, and what you don't get to see is impact before the game and his impact every day in practice and his impact in the locker room and his impact at his, at his uh, apartment where he's living with several guys. And uh, he has such an impact in so many different ways uh, on this team. As, as a lot of our guys do. And, and you're right, you take him out of the equation and it's a much different season so far and a much different looking team. You know, among the many things Ken Palm tracks individually is offensive rebound percentage. He's top 25 nationally right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, and it's incredible. And you think about all that Rich Howard brings to this game and bring to this team, and he's doing it off the bench. And he doesn't care, right? In fact, he's found a place where I think he thinks, hey, I can actually find a way to have even more of an impact on the game off the bench. and. When you have guys uh, that are giving their heart and soul to a team and then showing that type of leadership, it gives you a chance to be really, really special. Coming off the bench, and A.B. passed him up on Saturday by taking 10 free throws, but going into Saturday, he was leading your team in free throw attempts and offensive rebounds coming off the bench. Well, and he's also leading the team in charges, yeah. and charges taken. And he's probably, I don't know if, you, if we could compile a list of the top uh, 10, five men in the country taking charges, but he's got to be, if he's not number one, he's close. He's, he's got such a presence in so many different areas of the court, it really helps us. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, head to break or get close to it and tell you that you're, for your day-to-day -day Cougar Sports play-by-play, -play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Pro Football Focus's Anthony Tresh will talk about the three Cougs in the top 50 among all college football players this past season. That's on tomorrow's show. Before we go to break, we want to pass along some sad news that some of you may have already heard. Former BYU basketball coach Tony Ingle passed away Monday evening after a battle with COVID-19. Coach Ingle joined Roger Reed's staff in 1989. He was the interim head coach for the majority of the 1996-97 season. He then went on to win two national titles, first in 2004 at the Division II level at Kennesaw State, then later the NAIA 
National Crown in 2013 at Dalton State. Both those teams, by the way, Kennesaw and Dalton in his home state of Georgia. And, uh, you know, the phrase universally beloved uh, applies to Tony Ingle. Yeah, and, and, you know, just on a personal level, this, uh, this, this coaching fraternity at BYU basketball, is it's actually a very small uh, group. And so um, I think that uh, all of the coaches that have been in that group and are currently in that group are supportive of each other and take care of each other. And, and Tony is certainly a great friend to us, and we'll miss him. And certainly our condolences and prayers go with his family. So Tony passing and, and Coach Dave Rose dealing with his own health challenges right now. So there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of feelings close to the surface right now in that fraternity. Yeah, it's um, and it is. It's uh, you know, it's family, and it is. It's it's like this whole big BYU basketball family and and this little collective group. And so, um, you know, it's it's a it's a sad day for all of us. All right, we'll be back in a moment. BYU basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over thirty years. Intermountain Healthcare, always here for you. Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Smith's, fresh for everyone. And by Deseret News. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. This is our broadcast schedule for the week ahead. All the games, of course, on BYU Radio. We have pregame coverage for you one hour before tip, before every game. Thursday, Cougars finally back home, Marriott Center, 9 Eastern time, taking on the Portland Pilots. That game will be on CBS Sports Network for the TV. Then the first of two in a row with Pepperdine, Saturday in Provo, ESPN2 or ESPNU, 10 Eastern. Then next Wednesday back in California, that'll be a 3 Eastern noon Pacific time game on ESPN2. And again, BYU Radio for all. And of note, our coaches show next week because they're uh, playing on that Wednesday, traveling Tuesday. We'll do next week's coaches show Thursday. So Thursday at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Let's take a closer look at the weekend ahead as we get to know the foe, presented by Qualtrics. The Portland preview, Cougars and Pilots this Thursday night. Uh, Portland's off to an 0-4 start in league. Coach, they've lost five in a row overall. Yeah, they're actually a talented team. Uh, they, they, they really put five guys on the floor, a little bit like San Francisco, that all shoot the three really well. Um, their five man might be their most talented three-point shooter. They run a ton of pick and pops for him. They push it really hard in transition. And they're one of the top free throw earning, free throw shooting teams. How about that? Yeah, they're, they're number one in the country in percentage of points scored at the free throw line. Yep, so they're really, really effective that way. And they're, they're going to be a real challenge. You know, their, their record is not great right now, but they've already beaten Oregon State this year. On the road. On the road. And, and so they're a very capable team, especially when, when they get hot. Now, I'm going to tell you, the most, the most, one of the exciting side bits of this, if you will indulge me, is that this will be our first regular season conference game at home. And so we get to start uh, our Dunk on Cancer program again, which you may or may not know this, but Dunk on Cancer is, uh, is um, one of the ways that we raise funds for the Simmons uh, Center of Cancer Research here at BYU, which funds grants uh, for undergraduate and now graduate students to go do cancer research here and in abroad. And it's very personal to me because Leanne has uh, taken a leading role in working on this. And so last year, um, the Dunk on Cancer kind of initiative raised over $400,000. 
um, to fund our students' research of cancer, and so that'll start again. Uh, even though there's going to be very few people in the stands, uh, the program starts again, so we're excited about getting that kicked off too, and hopefully we can do it while earning a win over Portland. Yeah, a great note, uh, to note. And and the, the number of home games you've played or not played is kind of a storyline too. You've done a lot of heavy lifting away from the Marriott Center this, uh, so far this season. Yeah, it's really true. And it, it's going to be fun to be home. It, you know, it'll literally be exactly one month. The last yeah. home game we had was on the 21st mm -hmm. of December. So there's that, it, it's oddly, there's that little anticipation of, of how's it going to feel to be back in the Marriott Center. Uh, but certainly we'll take that. We're excited to be here. I know the guys are excited to be home and, and, um, and we got huge games coming. So, um, you know, two, two really big games this week. One, one quick last note about Portland. Normally league games is all about familiarity, but a starting five for the pilots are guys you didn't see last year. Yeah, it's really true. Um, they're, you know, they're put together of, of Division I and junior college transfers. The game is, the team's really been put together that way. They got some talented scorers led by Ali Ahmed, who uh, is, is averaging 20 points a game at the point. He's a diminutive point guard with a huge heart and a whole lot of like chip on his shoulder and a really capable score and a great leader for that team. And kind of down the line, it's a bunch of guys that have come from somewhere else. And, and uh, Coach done a nice job putting those guys together. Ahmed spends a lot of time at the line. Let's get to uh, Pepperdine now. Back-to-back uh, -back games uh, against the Waves. This will be the home-and-home, -home, uh, first in Provo and then in Malibu. This is a rescheduled game was supposed to be played on New Year's Eve mm -hmm. and uh, and got bumped to this point. Of course, it's a Kobe Ross team, but he's not the leading scorer right now. It's Kessler Edwards. Yeah, and, and like we've talked about before, uh, Kessler Edwards is a pro and Kobe Ross is a pro, and they got a couple other kids on this team that might end up being pros. They're really long. They're really skilled. They can really, really shoot the ball one through five. Um, they've had a couple uh, – Disappointing performances that they would say they're incredibly disappointed with. This is a team that we have every expectation is going to be knocking on the door to be the top two or three teams in this league this year. And um, it's going to be, a, you know, they're always a massive challenge for us. And this is probably the best team, the most talented they've, team they've had in the last decade. Not just talented, but also veteran. So uh, they're an incredibly capable team, and we're going to have everything we can handle uh, facing them on Saturday and then again on Wednesday. They were a fits and starts team a little bit due to COVID, but but the cliche, better than their record, I think kind of fits this kind of team. I wouldn't be surprised to see them get on a run here and, and get get you know near double-digit wins in league. Yeah, they're, they're no, there's no doubt in my mind they're a top-100 team. It's not even close. Right? They're, they're, they just had a couple weird nights, but... Um, they're, they're really, really dangerous. They're really talented. They have great leadership on their team. Obviously, Lorenzo Romar is one of the most decorated coaches in the Western United States. And so, um, uh, again, two, two hugely challenging games. And then I'm excited about the Saturday-Wednesday. You know, in, in my athletic career, you know, one of the most interesting uh, and, and, and um, fascinating and, like, uh, pressure-filled things I've ever done is compete in, in uh, NBA playoffs series. You know, we were actually were doing five-game series and then seven-game series. And, and um, just those back-to-back -back games where you make all the adjustments, there's no other competitor, there's no other team in between. And so it's just, a, it becomes a, a, a kind of life of its own. And so this Saturday, Wednesday is going to be really fun for us. And uh, it's what a lot of the leagues are already doing by design that you get to do uh, by happenstance this time. Uh, programming note, uh, we talk about rescheduled games. The game at San Diego, which was supposed to come after the game at Pepperdine back in early January, has been rescheduled for February 2nd. And that will move our coaches show that week uh, to February 1st, a Monday. So we'll do a Monday before a Tuesday game the week of the San Diego game, just to FYI. All right, after the break.
We'll get to know a little better Jesse Wade in tonight's Cougar Q&A. And later, we'll chat live with assistant coach Cody Feger. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. BYU Basketball with Mark Pope is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. America First Credit Union, we're here to help. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Zion's Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And by Qualtrics. Checking in on our Cougars in the Pros Overseas Edition. Brought to you by the Deseret News. Elijah Bryant scored a 14 from Maccabi Tel Aviv in a win in Israel Thursday. Jimmer Fredette, 25 and 6 in Shanghai. Eric Mika got the double figures in scoring for Partizan in Serbia on the weekend. And uh, Eric Mika's a guy, I, I wonder, uh, do you when, you when you've gone to Europe, you, you, you did, when you've been over there, are you making kind of a mental break with, with the league in a way, or are you still saying, no, nah, I can get back, or does it really vary guy to guy? Uh, I think it depends on the guys, but I think, you know, and this is a long time ago. This is like 20, 30 years ago when I was playing. But in the two seasons I spent overseas, I felt like I was just removed from everything. Mm -hmm. So I, I had this overwhelming anxiousness to get back into the league. Uh, but I think Eric's a lot better player than me, and I think all, all of our guys overseas are carving out really good niches for themselves. Interesting, uh, before St. Mary's, you know, we realized the hurdle we were facing. So I reached out to Eric Mika, Matt Carlino, Anson Winder, Skylar Halford, Tyler Hawes, uh, through text and asked each of them, hey, you know, uh, several of those guys were on the team the last time we actually won down there. Yeah. And so each of them kind of texts me a little anecdote or some key phrases that we shared with the team. So to give you a sense of like how much this organization functions together, we really value those guys and, and our guys look up to them. And so it's fun to have them around. Was there a unifying theme? Toughness. Every single one of the guys, Matt Carlino was like, coach, all you guys talked about for the entire week was toughness, toughness, toughness. And so that was kind of the overwhelming theme. And it wasn't something new. But it was just nice for our guys to hear that from former guys that had been there and done it. And then show that identity all weekend. Fantastic. All right, uh, time now for Cougar Q&A, where we do a word association with the Cougs. We give them a teammate's name, and they give us the first things that come to mind. It's presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. And tonight, we hear what the Cougs have to say about Jesse Wade. Jesse Wade, or also known as Kaysville's finest. He's kind of a little bit the... Uh, kind of like the locker room clown. <laughs> he, he likes going around here before and after practice making jokes. Me and him crack jokes all the time. Like, he'll make me start cry laughing. Like, he's that funny. Jesse's one of the guys on the team that anyone can talk to about anything at any time. He's like an open book. I call him my get out of jail free card. No matter what's happening, if something goes down in the offense, he can immediately get a shot up and it goes in almost every time. The dude is a walking bucket he literally makes every single shot he takes it's really frustrating to watch he's going to knock down every shot to get both contested sh uh, threes and uncontested three he's going to make every shot this dude is one of the purest shooters i've ever seen he hits he hits shots that i'm just like all right 
Like that, that's a lucky shot. And then the next time he down the court, he hits it again. I'm just like, all right, maybe, maybe he's got a little something to his game. He does not care what anyone says. Like he is confident in himself and he will do anything uh, for this team. He's been through a lot, but the way that he's responded has been extremely inspirational. You know, he's just a, a guy that's really resilient, you know, through the years, through all his injuries, I think really this year he's looking to really bounce back and have a major impact on this team. He's always smiling, always laughing, always happy and positive too. So he's, a, he's another great dude that we have on this team. Everything there rings really true. How is he coming along, by the way? He's doing great. He, uh, you know, he was away from the team for a couple weeks, um, and he's been back now for uh, several days, and he's kind of getting his legs back and, and uh, working really hard. And, uh, it was fun to listen to all those guys talk about him making shots because all I can hear is me screaming at those guys about being there on the catch and catch twos. And I think that's what they're all feeling with Jesse Bates' shots. So uh, he certainly um, works so hard, and, and uh, we all have high hopes for him. All right, social media time for Coach Pope. Let's go to Twitter and uh, get our first question from the fan base. How hard is it to balance playing time when this team is legitimately 10 players deep? Um, I, I think it can be challenging, but it's like the challenge where we, we love so much, right, to figure it out. And, um, you know, it all begins with these guys' willingness to, to, to work together and sacrifice for each other. And they know that if they all put in everything, they have something really special and come out of it. And then um, it changes. It changes with uh, the moment in the game. It changes with matchups. It changes with the flow of the offense. It changes with defensive schemes that we're seeing. Um, it changes with, with the challenges we're facing guarding. And so uh, it sure is an incredible luxury to have this cadre of different pieces that we can try and put together and, and do something special with. So it's a, it's, a, it's a great challenge, but man, it's a gift. I hope we have this problem every <laughs> single year for the rest of forever. <laughs> Question two is about Gideon George. Uh, what has earned Gideon George more minutes the last few games, and what can he do to earn even more? I love his fearless playing style. Yeah, Gideon has made huge strides defensively. His off-the-ball defense is just making more and more and more sense. Um, and so he's, he's, he's done a great job. In fact, just today we stopped practice twice to talk about uh, some combination rotations that he had made where he was kind of anticipating the next rotation and it was done perfectly within our scheme. And so uh, he's certainly gaining my trust and on the defensive end and his makeup ability has always been there as you saw in the San Francisco game. I mean, I don't know who else can make that block in, in college basketball, um, but, but that was a huge moment in the game, right? And, and then for him, you know, we hadn't spent a lot of time on it in the scout, but for us to be able to just move him to guard uh, Tommy Cousy the last eight minutes of the game at St. Mary's just because of his length and makeup ability, you combine that with his growing kind of comfort uh, and, and heightening IQ, and he's, he's certainly earning more minutes. I mean, you were trying to keep that thing a game at USF. He makes a nice three before halftime, too, yep. so that's in his game. All right, uh, last question here from social media. Uh, what's the best basketball advice your wife, Leanne, has given you? Oh, that's a great question, but it's, man, I don't know. Let me think. The best basketball advice uh, probably is what she echoes um, all the time is advice we've got from people that we really look up to. There's two pieces. Um, the extraneous one is you have to coach. You have to coach who you are, meaning you can't try and coach like someone else. And that gets us in trouble so, because just we are who we are coaching, right? And we're all in with, with the way we coach. 
Um, the more important thing that she reminds me all the time when things get really complicated and things start to get distorted, she's just like, Mark, this is about these young men. And, and, and this, this game can get so overwhelming. Sometimes the pressure gets so huge and, and all the stuff around it gets so huge and the frustration with all the different facets. And whenever that happens, she's the first one to grab me. And she said, Mark, this is about these, this is about these young men. She loves these boys so much and, and she keeps us focused on that. And I think it's a big reason why the program's successful. Great answer. Thank you. Good questions too, fans. Appreciate it. Break time on the latest BYU Sports Nation right now. Kiki Solano takes the show to the Bay Area to celebrate the Cougars' sweep. Watch it on the BYU Sports Nation social media platforms. Coming up next, Deep Blue introducing us to freshman Caleb Lohner and assistant coach Cody Fieger will join us live. This is BYU Basketball with Mark Pope. Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Mark Pope presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Well, in his first season as a Cougar, Caleb Lohner has already made a name for himself on the floor as the team's leading rebounder and off it as an outgoing, fun-loving adventure seeker, as we learn in tonight's edition of Deep Blue, brought to you by America First Credit Union. This Christmas morning for you guys, I kid you not. Super active, independent, stubborn kid. <laughs> Caleb Lohner is this six foot, eight and a half, 235 pound specimen. I think anything where he feels like he can get a little bit of a thrill, he's game for it. <laughs> and he'll get, just kind of migrate to it. I don't know who he is. Body of a Greek guy that looks like it was just chiseled, right? He's like a surfer dude, but he's like the hardest worker and most diligent guy I've had in the gym. He's like this incredibly honest, self-introspective young man that is like the quickest dude to laugh and joke and smile. He's like the swaggiest dude ever. I would describe my sense of fashion as very spontaneous. I think fashion kind of helps separate you in um, certain situations. And I think being a basketball player, it's cool to kind of have your own swag. So that's been fun. He'll get up in the morning, he'll train, and he'll, tra he'll train as much as anyone, he probably does. And He'll work as hard as anybody, but then he'll also go have a great time. I saw a video of him recently where his buddy was driving a dirt bike, and so he laid his body down behind the jump, and he had to jump over. I'm like, what are we doing? Coming from Texas, I was going to a public school, really big public school, and there just started to become this question of whether I really liked playing basketball, and I think it was this mental battle that kind of came across throughout all these different other trials and things that were going on in my life. And I just started to lose focus of what was really important to me. And I don't know if it was just all the pressure that was getting to him, plus just he was so committed for so long and doing it so often, right? I think it wore on him, I think he got tired. And the more I kind of figured out what that was, the more I realized that I needed a change. So I decided to go to Wasatch Academy um, to kind of start fresh, start new. And after being at Wasatch, I just kind of had this new spark, this being around new guys, playing at a higher level of basketball. This, we were a really good team. Um, it kind of brought back some of that like emotion of the love of the game that I have. 
And so the more I played, the more we went through that year, I just, it was back. Like it just kind of clicked. I don't know when and where, but one day I woke up and like all of my love was back. And I knew, hey, this is something I want to do. Sometimes when you hear of somebody that's like, I don't know, how much do I love basketball? How much do I want to play basketball? Do you wonder if they're really committed? And he's the exact opposite. Like he stays on this floor with Coach Burgess for at least a half an hour after every single practice. During the whole summer, you know, I had to roll, but sometimes in the office really later, I got to roll back at 11 or midnight to grab something or do something or because something's driving me crazy. And there's Caleb Lohner in the gym by himself, getting up shots. Loner on the steal, out ahead of everybody. Purple baby. My goodness, that's what we've been waiting for. My goal here is to challenge myself academically on the basketball court, and then really just to work as hard as I can and help this BOU basketball team win games. Coach Pope says this all the time. He says, what you give in to the team will come back like full fold. Sometimes when you get a heralded freshman, they think that they know everything or they think that they're better than everyone. Where Caleb's freshman mind is, coach, give it to me straight. Tell me how I can just be on the floor. What do I need to do? So I think understanding that basketball is more than a game, I think to everyone that means something different. But for me, I think basketball has just taught me so much that nothing else could have taught me. And I've already noticed all the things that my life has been blessed with through the game of basketball. So why not keep going and trying to get to the next level? So we're at the, we're at the very start with him. Uh, when his Cougar career ends, how do you think we're going to look back on the Caleb Lunar years? I think it'll be something that we'll never forget. I really do. I think he's... Uh... He's just, um, he's built of the right stuff and he's sure is a joy to coach and um, he's already doing things that astonish all of us. We will give you more of Deep Blues at byutv.org slash deep blue or you can search for it on the BYU TV app. Well, the last time BYU played in the NCAA tournament, Mark Pope was on the BYU bench as an assistant coach. Also part of that Cougar staff in 2014-15, that tournament team was our next guest who was then the director of basketball operations it would be his last season in that role. He started his full-time coaching career the next year with Coach Pope at UVU. He is, of course, assistant coach Cody Feger. And Coach Feger joins us live tonight from the BYU Basketball Annex. Hey, Coach, how you doing? What's up, Rubes? Thanks for having me on. Great to have you on. Saturday was a pretty good day. Uh, BYU completed the road sweep of the Bay Area teams, and your Green Bay Packers advanced to the NFC title game. Yeah, it was, it was a great day. It was awesome. Um, three huge wins at St. Mary's, uh, at home at Lambeau, big win against the Rams, and then Saturday night at San Fran. Um, Got to feel – this is a little bit different for me. I actually feel a little bit taller than Coach Pope right now. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, Cody, like this deal with the Packers is real. Was the Packers played Saturday, Cody? This last Saturday, yeah. So, so I don't know if most of us, like, we, we got to enjoy the St. Mary's win, and then we, we there was a stress reliever, and, but we still had to focus in on, on, on San Francisco. And Cody just, like, went straight from St. Mary's to full-on stress about the Packers and full-on <laughs> stress. I mean, the stress he's been through over the last three days. 
Coach B. I had to get I had to I had to get the goal line package all set for Saturday, and then I had to you know make sure we're running the right stuff offensively against San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure if you could truly relax. You may not have known, but like the the Packers game wrapped up right as I think the USA game tipped off, and mm. so like it was he was able to chill until we right back into it. Uh, Coach Fieger, <laughs> uh, coaching influences. Uh, how would you describe them for you? Oof, I, I got so many. You know. Um, you know, my dad coached me when I was younger, so he, he influenced me to be really patient with players. You know, he was patient with me. And then uh, Coach Majerus, he was straight to the point, so I think I learned that from him. I like to go straight to the point with things. Um, you know, Coach Rose was really good at giving guys confidence, and, uh, you know, I think I think I do that at a pretty, uh, pretty uh, even keel. And then... Uh, you know, Coach Pope intensity and kind of putting it all together. And I think uh, trying to model that. Coach Pope, how do you describe your division of labor on your staff and where does Cody fit in? Well, um, Coach Robinson has a lot of responsibility and, and uh, Coach Burgess has a lot of responsibility and Cody's responsible for everything. <laughs> so, so is, uh, you know, Cody, um, uh, Cody and I have been together for a long time now. We've been together for seven years, eight years, something like that, Cody, give or take. Eight years, yep, eight years. And, um, and Cody's such a gift to me. Like, you think about um, Cody knows me better than anybody else on the staff because we've been together longer. Uh, Cody actually, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I don't know if I can say this right, Cody, but sometimes we'll be sitting in a staff room and I've lost my mind about something and I'm just yelling and upset and trying to get something focused and um, Cody's actually really good at managing me because he, he knows me well enough and I can actually see it happening in real time and it, sometimes it just makes me matter but I appreciate the fact that he's just like alright just let him say what he has to say and once he gets it out we'll move on and actually be productive <laughs> but it's delightful but Cody's got so much responsibility on his staff from from de developing unbelievable uh, relationship with these players to to um, kind of taking care of every part of X's nose to developing practice to recruiting and he, he's capable of doing it all and he is you know if if uh, he he's he's such a gift to our staff and our program and he's going to be an unbelievable head coach really really soon. Cody, the, the, there's coaching family and then there's family family. Take us inside your house for a minute and tell us who you've got. Yeah, so uh, my wife, she's an elementary school teacher at Rock Canyon. Um, she runs my household. Um, and then I've got a 10-year-old daughter, Isabella. Um, she was born in Louisiana when I was working at Louisiana Tech. Uh, she is really, um, you know, she loves dance and everything that I, you know, didn't grow up knowing much about, but she loves dance and everything about that. And she's really competitive. Um, so if the Packers lose or BYU loses, you know, she's the first to be yelling at me for some reason. Um, and then my son, Andrew, he's five years old. He loves, he's just anything sports or wrestling or football. I mean, he loves to tackle and punch and he loves all that type of stuff. Um, and he actually was, uh, started with us at, uh, he was born right when I took the job at Utah Valley. So kind of that whole time. Um, and then my one-year-old daughter who was born last October, Anna, she is a handful and um, I've never spent so much time with a baby, um, especially just during this off season, right? I was home and usually I'm out recruiting and this and that. So I learned a lot about babies this, this past off season and 
uh, a lot of sleepless nights, which, which I'm used to, but, um, she, she's been nothing but awesome. And yeah, I got a, I have an unbelievable family that, that loves BYU basketball. And it's, it's, it's awesome. Well, coaches are used to sleepless nights. We're glad to learn more about you every time you're on the show. We'll do it again soon, Cody. Thanks. Have a great night. All right, that is Cody Feger. As we go to break, here's this week's trivia question presented by the BYU Store. Against which WCC team did Tyler Haas break BYU's career scoring record some six years ago? Back after this. Trivia time against which WCC team did Tyler Haas break BYU's career scoring record? It happened in February of 2015 against Portland up in Portland. And it was a great night. It was a road game, but it felt like a home game. The BYU fans were so into it. Tyler Haas became the Cougars' all-time scoring leader that night. BYU plays Portland this Thursday. All right, uh, time for the little segment of the show we call uh, What Happened? Because uh, we look at things that we are just not quite sure exactly well, what happened? So here we go. Uh, this is cold. No, this is, uh, they're calling it beanie season. In Canada, we call it toque season. Skull caps. Called, uh, toques. Toques. Called toques. Fair enough. Yeah, toque season. It's called toque season. All right. Uh, this is Colby Lee. I think he thought the ref was a teammate. Either Please. way, it's all good. Kept in bounds. He's trying to share the rebounds. Share them. <laughs> I love it, Colby. Team first. Good reestablished there by Matt Harm. Uh, you know you're a popular teammate when everybody comes to help you up. Right? They all, they all love A.B. Get him up. Uh, Gideon George. This is the, the too small signal. You'll occasionally see this. So we're watching this on the plane. <laughs> we're watching on the plane, and he, and Gideon George is like, yeah, I did the Zach Selyus, if you remember from yeah. Gonzaga last year. So we had him send that right to Zach. It was <laughs> awesome. Uh, Randy McCall uh, thinks the play is going the other way, so he goes the other way, but then there's a steal, and so we're just kind of waiting for Randy to kind of get back in business, and ultimately he's going to show up, but he was fully focused on getting to the other end of the floor, wasn't he? There he is. There he is. Welcome back, Randy. Good stuff. Uh, and sometimes, Coach, the exasperation is just too much, right? You just don't know sometimes. Yeah. He's so grateful for these referees. Ah. And uh, our closing shot this week is uh, going to be Mark Pope from Sports Nation. Oh, no. Well, there's this. This could be a real thing. Is that, is that legit? Is that legit? That's legit. It is legit. That's legit. All right. And this is the way to end yesterday's Sports Nation and this show. That's it. Have a great week. For the coach, I'm Greg. Go Cougs. <laughs>